This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. This is the last episode um, that we're going to be doing live until the first of the year. We have some great uh, shows lined up for you next week, including new episodes of The Vault and new episodes of History. Um, and, uh, and a new Christmas episode, I think, also. Um, uh, what is it? What's it called? A Giving Christmas um, that I think you're going to like, where um, we uh, show the effects of people who, have, who are going out and just trying to do the right thing and um, bring uh, some real cheer uh, to people, not just dropping off the gifts, but really getting to know them and see them and see how different our lives can be. Um, After uh, the broadcast tonight, I'm on my way to Haiti to do the same thing where you have saved 200 children from the sex slave industry because of the money that you have sent in to Operation Underground Railroad. Um, They have saved hundreds of children all around the world and here in America and they have arrested many people in America. The, the technology now to find pedophiles and people who um, could be living, uh, you know, in your neighborhood, it's, it's an amazing piece of technology where they can find people who are dealing and watching in really horrific child pornography. It starts there and ends up in the sex slave uh, trade where... They have rescued in the last two years children as young as one that were being sold. Um, Tonight and tomorrow, I'm a little nervous. I get to meet the children that have been freed in the last two years that are um, trying to put their lives back together. And we will bring some of that to you um, online. This wasn't planned on being a Christmas show, but I'm bound and determined to make it one. Uh, And when you think of Christmas, the number one thing you think of is, we got to get a Muslim guy on, right? (laughs) And uh, Riaz Patel is uh, a friend of mine who um, uh, we got to know starting what? Eight months ago? Uh, a little bit last July. It was right after Orlando in July. Um, Yeah, you were there in Orlando when the shooting happened. Yeah. And you were there going to a Muslim wedding. Yeah, yeah. The full garb. Full garb, yeah. And that wasn't comfortable. It was, it was a situation that I've been in before where it was very quickly I felt myself behind enemy lines. And it's my own country, so it felt very, very strange. And I think for me it was this, oh gosh, i got to do something. Because if people think they're afraid of all Muslims and they think they're afraid of immigrants, whatever they think they are... I am that thing, so talk to me. Don't, don't talk about me. Talk to me. And, and so I wrote this email, and you responded within a minute or two. And it was such a... I, I really, you have to... What a beautiful response it was for someone who thinks they have no ally. And 
I came here and we sat down and we not only found insane amount of common ground, but we actually really like each other. Yeah. And so if we can show people by our friendship what is possible with people you don't think you have a lot in common with, then that's, that's fantastic. You are an immigrant. I am, yes. From Pakistan. Yes. You are also gay. Correct. You're married. Yes. To a guy. Correct. Who ha- and you've adopted a child. She's a surrogate from Mexico, but she's a surrogate, yes. Okay, so you got it all going. Yes. There, you're checking so many boxes. Yes. Yes. Growing up, uh, people would get angry or would attack me, and I would take a moment to figure out what it was. Like, it's an <laughs> awkward moment to be like, is this the gay thing? Is it, is it the brown thing? Like, you have to, like, as the punches are coming, you're like, wait, which one am I defending? It's a very strange thing, but it makes you really, A, scan rooms very quickly. And you get people and their intentions like that. And also it makes you have to build a sense of yourself outside of people's opinions. Because if I listen to people's opinions... Now, I will tell you that I had several people say to me, and we found out this last couple of days, that the same thing was said to him. I had people on my side saying, you can't talk to him. You can't, you can't, you cannot talk to him. Don't expose him. He is a plant by the Muslim Brotherhood. Of course of course he would come in and try yeah. to morph and be your buddy because you'll normalize everything. I have more respect for myself on, on being a decent judge of character and knowing the tricks of the Muslim Brotherhood and everything else, knowing that there are really good Muslims and really bad Muslims, just like there's really good Christians and really yeah. bad Christians. And, um, and so you found out yes. when you came home, your friends, did you tell them that you reached out to me? I didn't reach out to you? Yes, no, no. They, but originally I had talked to Tommy, and then we had reached out, and I, I had said it was very important for us to sit down together. And then when you responded quite a, right away, everyone on my side was, oh, you're his pawn. You're going to be that ethnic that now Glenn will be able to say he's open-minded to everyone in the universe because he's had you on. And in one person, he got all the minorities in one. And so, like, literally, you don't have to have seven shows. It was just me. And so it really was on my side. There were meetings saying, you're going to ruin your career because I'm not an on-camera person. I'm a producer. And why are you doing this? And then we met, and it was instantaneous. Uh, there was no agenda. Either way, and I think we just looking in each other's eyes, you know that. And I think that's what we're trying to get back to is looking into each other's we eyes. We were just talking a minute ago before we went on the air. He has no agenda for today's show, and I have no agenda for no today's show. No talking points at all. And I don't have any questions for him. We just wanted to have a conversation like we have been having before to model. Uh, again, people don't do this anymore. People, you know, I am, I am for... Um, people having the right to be married because I'm a libertarian if you're gay. But don't tell my church that my church has to marry you. But Agreed. I don't care if you're Agreed. I don't care if you're married. So we have all these things where we're supposed to be at each other's throats. But if we don't try to force each other to live the other's life or live the other's um, viewpoint of what is right and what is wrong on, on social things, we're fine. Yes. We don't have to agree as long as I respect your choices and, and your life and vice versa. And I think to me, it really is us sitting down. And I want to. Part of our conversation is that I do feel like it's impossible for people to feel comfortable to ask questions now. That no matter what you ask, if your skin is white, if you even ask it the wrong way, up oh, racist. All of you. You don't like curry? up oh, racist. Don't like that coworker who happens to have dark skin? Racist. And it does not allow you to communicate. So I hope in the spirit of this, ask me anything. If the intention of the question is to understand, I will answer it. 
And I will answer it happily because I'd rather you get your information from me than from the news, which is constantly bombarding you. So how do you, how do you go into a Muslim community, let's say Dearborn, or actually Virginia, and I can't remember anymore, it's been a while. Virginia has some really dicey, bad uh, um, 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 extremists yeah. um, in it. How does the average person know the difference between the good guys and the bad guys? I, I would say it's like meeting another human being. Statistically, proportionately, they are good. It's so rare. These bad seeds are such an attack, not just on you guys, but on our part of life, our way of life. They're dragging down our faith, our joy, down into the mud with them. I mean, you can stand but back and say... you're a pariah. I'm a pariah personally? Well, you, no, you are. It, to them, you are yes, you'd be I, the yeah, first yeah. to be beheaded. Absolutely. To some of them. Now, I will say, the perception, everything is gray. We've talked about this. I was just in Saudi Arabia a few weeks ago, and what I saw was so different than what I had thought. It was so much more progressive. The kinds of... Bad word here. Progressive, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I, forget, yeah. I forget where I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was so um, um, forward-moving. Yes. Um, it was so... I literally am like a certain... Someone's going to be a list of words yes. like, no. Yes. Um, that but, is actually... Can I tell you something? Yeah. That is something that I have learned, yeah. that so many times it's not meant to mean... Woodrow Wilson. Yes. And I'll say something that's not meant to be, you're going to get into the waters of baptism. Yes. And, and, and yet, and we won't even see it. They won't even know it. And then you have, if you can make friends and really make friends, then you can get to the point to where you can say, okay, now I've listened to you for 14 days on how much I do that drives you crazy. Mm. Can, I just, can I just point out a few things that you have said, and I know you now, so I know it's not going to bother you. You don't know you've offended me X number of times. Have I? No, no, no. I'm saying oh. I've had that, I've had that yes, conversation yes, yes. with friends Yes, yes, yes. Where, where they'll be talking and they're so open-minded and they're so great, and I know them, yeah. and so I know that is their heart, but they will be telling me about, you guys just don't understand. You don't blah, blah, blah. And I'll just swallow it and eat it for a while because I want them to go, oh, right? Yeah. And then that's the time after I've listened to them say, I get it. I understand. You feel this way, this way, this way. Now, can I say, while you were making that point, if we were in a crowd of people like me, you would have lost everybody in it. Yes, which is quite sad to say that the, that the, the impact of a word has more, mm-hmm. more effect than my intention. And so we end up walking through life with these bombs going off, and we're like, we might step in the wrong one, black versus African-American. Boom. We didn't even know. It's a word. The intention is gone. Why ask the question is gone. The conversation is gone. The word takes the entire focus. And to me, that's what I don't want to do anymore. And I don't want that in this space, and I don't want that in this friendship. If you use the incorrect word, I'll say, hey, Glenn, by the way, this is the way. Why would I be offended if you don't know? This is the thing. How can ignorance be offensive? If someone doesn't know, people have not lived my life. Self-imposed ignorance. Yes, yes. Self-imposed. But I've lived my life, I've tried to live my life for the last 20 years now with the axiom from from Thomas Jefferson. Question with boldness even the very existence of God. For if Mm -hmm. there be a God, he must surely rather honest questioning over blindfolded fear. And as long as it's an honest question... I don't mind. Yeah. But if you're trying to set me up, you're trying, you're got, you had three questions and might watch this by the end of those three questions. I got him. Yeah. 
Well, then, then there's no place to go. If you change what you're looking for, it'll change yes. what you see. Yes. If the intention of what I'm doing to sit here is to try and say, look, I'm a minority in this country, you know, just statistically, not in terms of anything else, just statistically, it is more likely that I know more about Christmas and Christmas traditions than you guys know about Eve. It's just likely. I mean, you probably don't even know what day of the Well, is. I will tell you. Uh, if oh, it oh, was, oh, 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 if, oh. If it Trivial was, Pursuit Master comes out. If it was the time of the year for Eid, mm-hmm. um, I would, you know, unleash all of my knowledge of <laughs> Eid. Um, but it is the Christmas season. Yes, yes, and that so is true. I, uh, I did wear this sweater for a reason. Because <laughs> we're going to play a cross we're gonna play, cultural religious game. Yes, here. We're gonna play a religious game. Okay. Okay. You tell me yep. the story and you just just put them put them on as you have the story of Christmas. Okay. Well can I just is this actually a manger or is this a fireball? I think it's a manger. Is that the manger? Okay. That's a manger. So then the manger would go here. Right, okay. okay. All right. Okay. Were there sheep anywhere? There were animals all about, um, because it was the, the hotel was full. And so the hotel, went, the hotel, the motel. Come on, we're <laughs> jumping on the word. All right, okay. All right. The inn, the inn. The there inn you go. There you full. go. So yes, right. there were animals nearby. Right. Okay. Right. Uh, and then of I'm course, back uh, with one where of, like, do you put Santa? Saudi Arabia. Well, Santa. Santa technically wasn't there, so I'm going to put Santa over here where Hallmark <laughs> wanted him to be. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So then, uh, gifts played no role. Well, actually, the three wise men did come. And they brought gifts. So if this has myrrh or frankincense, come on, tell me. I do not get points here. Where's the counter of the points? <laughs> Go ahead. Put the yeah, gifts okay, out. So where the wise men came. So I don't know if they've arrived yet, but they're here. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Is this baby Jesus or another baby? Well, it's up to you. Are there other babies there? Uh, actually, I, I don't know if anyone asked oh, the question. You, you I don't, don't know. Do you know if there are other babies in the vicinity of the barn? I might. Did you ask? I, 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 I might. Okay. Well, then I'm going to... No, I don't have any... Right I, there. I okay. think he was the only baby there. Okay. Angel. Uh, probably higher up here. And there's another angel. Okay, oh, we'll do it over here. Yeah, and then Mary. Mary's definitely here. Okay, now it's going to start to get hard. Joseph. Okay, Joseph. No, this is not, this no, is not, Joseph, this okay. is not getting hard yet. No, Joseph. no, it's not. Okay, Joseph was here too. Yeah, yeah, he was here. Yeah, yeah. He was Out there. of the manger? No, no, I can't see you on that side. Right. Well, do you want to? Oh my gosh, is that a fatch thing? It's a belly thing, actually, it's to be honest holy with you. cow. I and honestly then, can't see the end of the, of the barn over there. And then, and then. <laughs> The, uni- the, ma- the magical the, the unicorn. unicorn. We'll put that over here, right? For later. I don't know why. And then, but... and then the 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 cooler. Okay. Um, again, we have a time space continuum issue here. Right. Than anything okay. Else. We'll put that with the magical unicorn. This could be a trick question. Oh God. The birthday hat. Okay. I'm going to say, um, although technically a birthday, um, not there. Again, over here with the um, the, the party. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to say. You think? Yes. You're telling me in Bethlehem that they had an a store. Ancient. It didn't look like that. It was handmade. If you're asking a Muslim to do this, I'm going to stick to right. authenticity okay, as much right. as I can. I'm uh, going to take a poetic then, license. Then I Christmas. see the birthday cake is not. I do not think so. I, I mean, they could I think it. I think it should. So wait, somebody might have brought one later. Well, let's think about this. The inn didn't have any rooms, but they had catering that they sent a cake. <laughs> they put the cake right here. And if you're going to go with that, then. The pizza, again, no, time, space, continuum. Sure. Sure. This is a terrible Christmas yeah, well, edition. Yeah. This is, okay. All right. I think that works. The only thing is I don't think that's accurate at all. Well, you're a Muslim. <laughs> so you don't really know. You Discount. don't really know. I'm, I'm going to come back on Eid, and I'm going to have them make a sweater, and I'm going to make you do it. I wouldn't know where, where to even well, begin. Well, don't you have homework, then, in this friendship? I, I will, you no, have homework no now. There's no friendship homework. You gave me homework the first time we met. Literally, you assigned me books that I read. Did you read all the Shah's men, which I assigned you? 
Okay. We're going to take, take, take a quick break. Back in just a second. A, a I signed you books? Yes, three of them. I don't even remember that. That's not a good friend. No, it's just me. Don't worry, I got you covered. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Christmas gifts. They probably know where to put those too, right? The perfect stocking stuffer, right here. Here's the beauty of it. Oh, you. I want you to have some cake. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. It goes and with all the little fuzzy pizza. balls. I should be cutting now. Nice. See, now life is complete. And Santa there at the top of the tree. Now I feel I feel complete. <clears throat> And a little silly. Uh, look, let's talk about Surefire. This is one of the best gifts you can stick in someone's uh, stocking this year. This is, and even though it's tiny, this thing will blind you. Watch out, Travis. I'm coming at you. I mean, this thing is super bright. 300 lumens. And everybody says, you know, I've already got a flashlight. It's on my cell phone, which is just fine if uh, you want to compare them. There's your, there's your little cell phone light. And then we'll compare that with this. Yeah, you be the judge. The best thing about these, they're always ready. You don't have to fumble for a button on your phone. You just pull it out of your pocket, or if it's on your keys, you just pull your keys out of your pocket, and there you have your flashlight as well. It's uh, weather-resistant. It's tough. It's rechargeable. has a little uh, USB port on it. And if you know somebody that, and, and I love, oh, by the way, yeah, here I was out, outdoors in the dark. I spent a lot of time out in the dark. Flashlight made it a lot brighter. 300 lumens. That's a lot of light. They never put these things on sale, by the way, but right now, for you, because you're watching, 20% off, blazesurefire.com, blazesurefire.com. All right, let's talk about the real estate market. Uh, the, the thing, I've been looking for a house and actually found one, thanks to realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, let's just say this is not the best time uh, in the world to be selling your home, uh, but if you want to get out there, if you've got a home that you want to find, you are going to find incredible buys because everybody wants to be settled. But the first thing you have to do is find the right real estate agent. You want to find somebody who shares your values, your principles, somebody who understands the process. Someone like Micah. Tell me the difference between just cold calling somebody and calling us. The big difference is community, I think. I think when I uh, connect with somebody who's coming from real estate agents I trust, I already have a connection with them. Uh, I will tell you that in a number of circumstances, we'll sit down with clients. We'll tell them what we're going to do to market their home. We'll tell them all the great things that we, we provide as, as a real estate firm. But then on certain occasions, we've actually stopped and prayed with those people. And how do you, I mean, you just can't replace um, having that kind of connection with people. Seriously, when have you ever heard that in, in customer service in any business, any other business? We have hundreds of agents just like him all across the country. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Want to sell it fast for the most money? That's your answer right there. So two weeks ago, I had a friend um, who wrote to me and said, I've been summoned to uh, Trump Tower. And I have no idea why I'm being called or, uh, or what to do. Somebody who is very anti-Trump. And he said, can you call me? So um, he said, he started the conversation with, I don't want to make any mistakes. I don't want to, I don't want to pick a fight. And I don't, but I don't want to make any mistakes. And I, 
I, uh, I, I don't want a bigger enemy, but I also want to be very clear. And I said to him, the best thing you can do is pray for the next two weeks that you are, um, that you're going to walk in and um, you're going to see the scared little boy, not the king. You're going to see the guy who he really is and whatever happened in his life or is happening in his life that is making him have to puff up his chest and that you won't know necessarily what it is or anything, but you will see the human, Mm. not the show. And that somehow or another, you will be able to have great compassion for the human and you'll be able to find common ground there. Yeah. Um, that's really, you know, the, 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 the media and the left, they all talk a good game. Mm-hmm. That we're all supposed to be, oh, we're all supposed to, you don't know what happened in their life. And then we've gotten to such a point to where it's like, I don't really care what happened in their life. I really don't care at this point. Mm-hmm. They're blowing up people. They're, you know, whatever they're doing. They're a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really care what happened in their life. Somehow or another, that has been distorted to mean we have to accept things that are wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So how do we fix that? How do we get how do we get people who quite honestly many in the media and some on the left and I say this some on the right too and some in the media on the right Both. are so arrogant yes. that they don't even care to listen to the other side anymore they know what's right and and these people won't listen and they're just nev- they don't want they don't care about the truth and I've heard that from both the left and the right that won't work. It that hasn't. won't work. It no, hasn't. it hasn't. And we just keep upping the game. So how do we, how do we, or, or do we, appeal to those or just say, give it a shot yeah. to those on both sides that are saying, I'm not talking. I don't want to talk. It's amazing to me that the idea of talking has now become so fraught with peril that you could offend someone, you could, you could lose the friendship, you could lose your job. I had a lovely conversation with a guy who works at the Jeep factory in Ohio who said he's afraid to ask. He's afraid, which I think is valid. People are afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid now too. He's afraid to ask questions about what he's afraid of because he could get fired. What kind of a precedent is that? How do we have a conversation where he can't ask the question because he gets fired, and I'm not going to let him ask the question because I'm offended? So no one wins. I think. And if you, how many people have seen this on Facebook? And if you ask a question, for instance, um, I'm trying to think of an actual example. I know it's happened to me in the last couple of weeks. An actual example where somebody will be going off on somebody and I'll just pop in and go, well, wait, do we know? Do we? I mean, because it could also be this. Yeah. And just by trying to say, wait a minute, stop, let's think for a second. Let's just not have a mob mentality. All of a sudden... You're You're now lumped into the bad guy. Because everyone has this reservoir of anger that they feel unsafe. They feel like their life is not what they thought it would be for a variety of reasons. I've talked to people who say, we just want it the way it was. 
And they think that somehow that ISIS has changed things, which it has, but so has technology. So has the fact that we can't escape things. And so it feels too fast. It feels like it's coming at us. I get one news report sent to me 17 times, so suddenly it's a catastrophe, Mm -hmm. as opposed to coming once. And so I think for me, the thing that you have complete domain on is your own home, your own heart. Trust your instincts. I don't feel like people are inherently misled or dumb. I think they know when they talk to someone what the intention is. If you believe in faith and you believe in God, then there is something higher. And you know when you see someone, when charity kicks in, when kindness kicks in, when empathy kicks in, and you know when it doesn't. And so when people come into your life, and that's how it's going to change. It's not going to be top down. It's not going to be a CNN special. It's going to be you saying, look, hey, person at the PTA meeting or person, I'd love for you to come over to my house. Or I say to Muslims all the time, invite people to your home. If inside that door is scaring them, open the door, and then they can see what is inside, which is a house just like theirs. So let me, t- let me share two things that have happened to me, okay. uh, and you're one example. Um, and I have the example in reverse. Let's start with that one. Samantha B. Um, anybody know who she is? She does a TV show. Left, I mean, I don't agree with her on really anything political. Um, she does a late night comedy yeah. show on TBS. Very left. Very, very left. left. Very left. And very, she wrote for the, the Daily Show with Jon Stewart. Yeah, and yeah. So she's got that snarky kind of attitude and holier than thou, you know, you're all just peasants if you disagree with me kind of thing. And um, so they called two, three months ago, wanted me to come on. And I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Uh, Because I know why you would be inviting me. You would be inviting me to hurt Donald Trump, and that's not my intention. No thank you. Um, uh, Then after the election, they were shook to the core, and they realized, "Uh uh-oh, tables have turned. And she reached out and she said, hey, uh, like to have Glenn on because we'd like to kind of get to know, you know, what's happening in the world. And we said no again until she called and she said, no, look, I, I've, I've heard him talk about these specific things, and we don't want to take him apart. She comes down. We said, we're not going up to New, to New York for your audience to scream, you know, every time you win a point. We're not getting into that. You can come down here. So I came down. They set, set up in the office. And we sat there. And we did, we were supposed to do an hour interview. Um, and we were maybe 10 minutes into it. And, it, and I said to her, as soon as she started, I said, uh-oh, there goes the show face. She's like, what show face? And I'm like, the holier than thou, I know better than you, and I'm going to make everybody laugh and win. And she said, I don't have a show face. I said, yes, yeah, And so she, we went for about 15 minutes. Mm. And I stopped, and I said, it's not working. It's not working. She's like, this is great. And she looks at the producers. They're like, oh, yeah, this is great. And I went, no, it's great for what you're doing, the comedy show, to make the conservative look bad. Now let me tell you what's going to happen. You're, you told me that you were coming down to try to open up doors of conversation. If you air a show where you are making me look bad, my audience will think I'm stupid, and they will hate you even more. They'll say, see, he was dumb enough to go in, and look what you did. And she said, so, okay. That's not our intention. Where do we go? How do I do this? Mm. And we just talked. We talked for an hour past uh, our tape time. Um, And it was still funny. We mocked each other. I mocked me. She mocked her. Um, And here's here's what turned everything. 30 minutes into it, I said, 
so what do you really care about? And she said, well, I care a lot of things. I care about the freedom of press. She started listening to the Bill of Rights. Mm. And I said, my gosh, you're sounding like me. And, um, and she said, but there's also other things. I care about the refugees from uh, Syria. And I said, did you know my audience raised $12 million to save 4,000 people mm -hmm. to move them? No. Did you know that we raised $2 million to go to the border, even though I'm strong against border crossings in the middle of the night? I want strong borders. We raised $2 million because they're children. It's not their fault. Mm. I had no idea. Her whole countenance changed. And now she's saying, let's get our audiences together to serve. Mm. The other thing happened with you. I watched you. You were here. Um, and everybody was saying probably what her people were saying. Yeah, be careful. He's a slippery one. And uh, not that that was yeah. said about you, but that's, I'm sure, said mm. about me. He's smart. And he's going to, he'll figure a yeah. way out to get into you. Um, and, uh, and so we watched you. Other people stayed in contact with you. Mm -hmm. And I just watched. And when you said, I went to Alaska... And I wanted to find, did anybody remember this story? He went to Alaska. Tell the story quickly. Before the election, I went to Alaska the week before with my husband and my daughter because I wanted to understand people who are nothing like me. These Trump supporters living in Alaska who were gangbusters for Trump. Uh, before the election, before we had winners and losers and before gloating could happen, I wanted to just know, what, why? What is it you're looking for? And I came with zero judgment. And so I went in the morning to the diner and chatted with these third-generation fishermen and found out why they're voting the way they're voting. And it's why I'm voting. It's best for their family. And so I came back and I realized how much I didn't know and wrote this piece that you very nicely shared. And then two weeks later, I went to Saudi Arabia and did the same thing. What do I not know? What is it I don't know? Because everything I know is coming to me from one source, and it's media, and it's news media. So I don't trust it now, and I work in it. I'm talking about the news side. I don't trust it as much. So I need to see things with my own eyes. And so I went. Yeah, he went to Alaska and wrote the most beautiful defense of conservatives I've ever seen and said they're not who you think they are. They're not. They're not. What did you find? I, f I found it's just as racist to tell, assume that all white people have one agenda, this guns and God thing. They're all the same. And whether you like guns, whether you like God is your choice. But to assume that you're all one people with one agenda, and that agenda is homophobic, xenophobic, I do not agree. I have lived in America most of my life. And my experiences with racism, I can count on, well, many hands, but the people I've met who are good and kind to me far outweigh them by, by 20, 30,000 fold the people I've met over the course of my 40 years in this country. So I'm not about to look at America and say, oh, they are all racist. Oh, the whites are racist. They're not. So when we started to talk, when Samantha B and I started to have a conversation, she is from Canada and she's just become a U.S. citizen. And I said, so why did you do that? And she said, because there's an X factor here. It's unlike Canada. And I said, ah, it's the 51st state, which she didn't take well. And uh, <laughs> she said, uh, she, I said, what's the X factor? And she paused and she said, I think it's the people, the people here, no matter if you agree or disagree with them, they're kind and they're good and they're gracious. And I looked at her and I said, so how, why are we at each other's throats? Because I believe exactly the same thing. We disagree on 
which department needs to be shut down or expanded, if any. That's what we are disagreeing on. Everybody else has another agenda that doesn't include me or you or mm -hmm. her or you. So the reason why I tell that story is I think it's important that, A, we don't enter things um, saying, because I hear this all the time, they won't listen. Well, why should they? Why should they? Why should they listen to you and why should you listen to them? We've been told awful things about each other. Well, there's no real. I didn't believe him. I didn't believe Samantha. You didn't believe me. You didn't believe, and Samantha didn't believe me. And what changes is action. Getting together and saying, look, I'm not a dupe, but I want to sit down and yeah. find out who you are. I know who he is. Sam knows who I am. He knows who I am. I know who she is. Okay. Now, as I said to Sam, he has passed the smell test, and I hope I've passed your smell test. That <laughs> funny expression. Yeah. Um, I haven't smelt you, honestly. Right, okay. <laughs> I, I, I prefer you don't. But, <laughs> but, um, uh, but yes, I, I hope that we've now watched each other enough to go, it's not empty words. And those words will only matter when you absolutely are putting something on the table where the other side knows that's going to hurt. When you wrote that, I thought to myself, in New York, we published mm -hmm. it, what, the day after the election? Mm -hmm. Two days after the Two election? Days. And I thought, in New York and in Hollywood, releasing this, writing what he said, hey, don't ha hate Trump voters, I thought, wow, that's going to leave a mark. How many friends are calling him up going, what? You're just helping them. That's when it matters. And by the way, the answer to that, none. Really? Every single person. It was so reshared among my friends. Friends who we had had conversations on Facebook about how no one had anyone who wasn't voting for Hillary on their And every person. It was shared about 20, 30 times. It went so viral on that side in a positive way. No negative feedback. That's great. Back in just a second. The country felt the same way. Gary, we're going to start with uh, Gary. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, there are past over this past election cycle, there has been so many people on both sides saying if Hillary gets elected, it's the end of the world. If Trump gets elected, it's the end of the world. But we had a 20-year span where over those over 16 years, we had two terms of Woodrow Wilson and two terms of Teddy Roosevelt, and it wasn't the end of the world. Um, the four beauty, terms of FDR and four terms of FDR, and that wasn't the end of the world. Uh, the beauty of America lie in her people. Um, and in her constitution, not in the politicians or even her president. If the yeah. people remember it. Yeah. The, the secret here is getting people like you to remember it. To remember, you've been beaten down for so long on both sides. Both sides. Both sides. Been beaten down for so long. And I, I, I want to go on Gary's uh, subject about the end of the world. I am astounded on how many really smart people on the left that I have talked to that have no self-awareness at all that are currently saying, Donald Trump, he could be a Nazi. Mm -hmm. he, he could round people up. Um, he, one move could collapse the economy because it's so fragile. Every move. And, yeah, Every and, move and, what, and what are we going to do then? It could be the end of America. Uh, you know, is there a place to move outside of America for safety? Yeah. 
And I listen to them talk and I say, I know exactly how you feel. Right? Because he's so dangerous. No, because that's the way half of the country felt under Barack Obama. And we were laughed at. And they don't understand. They do not We have such a moment of coming together if we don't say, if we don't rub it in their nose or laugh at them, if we do what what we what should have happened with us yeah. somebody saying it is scary i don't think it's as scary as you think it is if we stick together yes and i think i think the inability to understand or empathize someone else's point of view is i think the greatest crime that's happening now whether it's someone who has a different faith of you someone who lives in a different country from you someone who has a different political point we do not empathize with anyone so who's different from us we're starting to see i'm starting to see people withdraw from facebook i know mm-hmm. i have how many people are spending a lot less time online? I have. Um, we're withdrawing, which is allowing this to be gobbled up. But the trolls are so horrendous. Yeah. How, do we, how, how do you see us battle that? What should we do? I, don't, I think the problem that I'm seeing is anytime something negative comes out, an attack, bad news, it gets, it gets capsulated around the world. And good news doesn't. And so to me, we literally have, it's, it's, it's a psychological test. The more you, you focus on negativity, the more angry you feel, the more down you feel. It's psychologically, it affects the brain chemistry. So to me, you, it's, it, there are trolls. I have trolls on Facebook now, and this is new for me being in front of the camera, that are attacking all sorts of things. Certain Muslims are saying you can't be a Muslim if you're gay. Certain uh, uh, Americans are saying you can't be an American if you're a Muslim, and I can't figure out where I belong. The gays seem okay with me, which is good, <laughs> because it took me a while for that. But to me, it very much is, well, I have those trolls. How much do I pay attention to them? I know who this person is. I just move past it. Yeah. And then I go to the people who actually say lovely things. So I'm, how do you... I'm behind enemy lines right now, technically. I don't feel unsafe at all. I feel nothing but goodwill. And I'm making contact from everyone here. But may, may I make a, a, a point mm. that even in your closest circle, your husband mm. thought you were a terrorist at one point. <laughs> okay, this is a funny story. Which is a funny story. I don't know. It's a long story. Um, But basically, my husband grew up in Northern Ireland during the time of the IRA. And so he grew up with a sense that there were terrorists everywhere because it was his growing up. Literally, you couldn't leave a car without someone inside the car so it wouldn't blow up. And so when we met, I was from Pakistan. We met and we basically were very much in love. And he went on a trip to Spain for a wedding without me and I made him a care package and I had put an electronic Sudoku game in it and as he was boarding the guy asks where did you get this from and he thought from this man I just met three weeks ago who's Pakistani but we're very much in love and he suddenly was like oh my god what is happening and he actually for a moment thought is this happening to me now I can laugh about it we've had many conversations that weren't funny but I have to because that's what his authentic reaction was and now we're obviously in love we have a child we're pregnant again but the people come from what they know and what they don't know. And if someone know, thinks that every Muslim blows things up, they're going to be afraid. How do you feel about when you just said, we're very much in love, we're pregnant again? Hmm. Um, and it, it, to me, that's just like, okay, I, I got to get my arms around yeah. that. You're, you're not pregnant again. You yeah. know what I mean? How, how do but you do, feel but don't about, focus on the language, by the way. I know. But so how do you feel about, because that is immediately homophobic. Just to think, wow, I, okay, wait, wait. Didn't feel homophobic. It took like a minute to get your head around it. When I was talking to people in Saudi Arabia and I showed them pictures of my daughter and they would say, you know, what is the mother doing or where is she? And I'm not used to being in the closet in my life. So I said, oh, it's another dad. And there was a moment. And then they would ask the next question. So how does that work with... And in Saudi Arabia, five years ago, you would be dead. Yeah. People change. 
countries change, if we hold people accountable to the worst they did, we do not move forward. If we cannot allow people, women now, I was but walking... Isn't that, to, what, isn't that really what so many people do to America? We're still yes. living... There are more slaves. I'm going yes. to, I'm going to yes. uh, Haiti today. There are more slaves on earth today yes. than in the history of the world. Yes. We've got to move forward. And you move forward by not being afraid to leave your comfort zone. You're going to Haiti. I went to Saudi Arabia. I went to Alaska. I'm sitting here. You can invite people into your home. They can invite you into their home. Simple gestures create the movement we go forward. Because right now, I can't stay in this stuck. With two years, we had infighting. We're not stuck. We move forward now. Back in just a minute. He just told me to take the unicorn off my sweater because he was afraid everybody would think that the Muslim put the unicorn here. It the gay me. put the purple unicorn. The <laughs> not the Muslim. <laughs> All right. All right. Now I get the head. Now I'm, Go I'm going to get in trouble. Go ahead. Okay. So you were talking about um, how how to break how to bring people in together, and I think that when you do that, it generates hope. Yeah. Hope is a key to moving forward. It, helps fuel the engine. You want to start a feedback loop of hope. And you do that by being kind, by being generous, by bri- bridging these gaps. And that is what makes America great. Um, if we don't have hope, we'll, uh, we, we, the day that we don't have hope is the day that America loses its spark. Yeah. Um, and that's what other pe- people are trying to target. What we've, got to be, we've got to be vigilant to preserve that hope. Yeah. I love um, you said a food feedback loop. I yeah. love that you said that because it does. It snowballs. Like anything in your life, you go into the world with anger, hate, frustration. It goes out in the world and it comes back and it whacks you. Do unto others. We are radio beacons. What we put out. Yes. People, it's amazing. You look for certain things, you will find them. Those people will be drawn to you. They really will. Yeah. If you're putting out the wrong signals, you will find those those wrong people, and we do have to be vigilant and guard our hearts. Ben, welcome. Thank you. Uh, you know, part of uh, having a discussion is being able to understand the motivation of, of what other people are, or what they base their opinion on. You, you, um, when you have, um, when you make yourself vulnerable to the point where you're willing to be wrong and you're willing to lose exactly Um, that that's really necessary in order for the other person to also become vulnerable yeah is that's that's the problem is i think we're too focused on winning i have to win you know it, it goes all the way down even i think to our churches how many of our churches are really so focused on baptism instead of love you know we want to bring people to christ okay well that's good we want to get them into the waters of baptism how about we love them? How about we start there? And, and if we can really truly love people, then people let their guard down and they start to open up and you love them even more. They love you even more. You start to understand. And sometimes they'll say, yeah, that was good for you and that's going to be good for me. They might go some other place, but you have to be willing to lose. You have to be willing to say, I tried. Yeah. I tried my best. I tried to love this person, and they just didn't want any part of it. But I had no intent other than I wanted a new friend, yeah. and I wasn't trying to win. I'm not trying to win you over. I'm not trying to, and I don't get the feeling you are with me, no. not trying to make him see the error of his ways. But every time we talk, we don't find a lot of 
I mean, I can't remember the last time you and I spoke that we had a big difference of opinion. It doesn't come up very rarely because at the end of the day, there is such commonality of respect. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Penn Jillette and I talked, and he is, he's almost uh, an anarchist. And he said, um, he said, Glenn, you're a libertarian on this side of the scale. I'm a libertarian on this side of the scale. I, 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 don't, I almost want no government. Mm. And he said, so we have a lot to argue about. But right now, if this is where we are, society is here. Yeah. By the time we get to your position, we still don't have to argue because we have all this space. When we get down to here, that's when we can argue with each other. Yeah. When we get really down to it, we're yeah. so far apart as people right now that I don't have to talk to you about yeah. the goings-on of the days yeah. because we have to repair the big things. And once we trust each other again that... He's not trying to kill me or convert me or do anything bad to me. I'm not trying to do anything bad to him. Once we know, oh my gosh, we won't talk about those things. I think we're already doing it. We look outward and say, who else wants to join this little club of ours? Yeah. Who else wants to come? Because this feels good. It feels fantastic. I'm so tired of arguing. I, I feel it's fantastic to be able to say that we have so much commonality. And I believe if you invite anyone as a parent bringing another parent into your home, you will have the same objective in your lives, which is to make your children happy and safe and productive. That is all anyone wants, whether they are veil or not. Let me go on the flip side of this. Mm. You'll kiss a lot of frogs, too. I have kissed a lot of frogs. But not, I would say, with American Muslims right now. Because I would say in the people, the people that you know, that you engage with, have, that, that you know, you see, they're not sleeper cells from a distance. If you know them, you interact with them, and you can tell. If, and I feel like allowing people to come into your home, and again, only people you know, don't put a personal ad on Craigslist, but inviting people that you know to just say, or, or invite them for coffee somewhere. But if you sit down and talk, and if you're too afraid in your own home, fine, sit down somewhere in public, but talk. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think it might be different. It was probably unfair of me to say, because a lot of the people I'm reaching out to are people in the public. Yeah. And so they're, they're people in the public. I, I don't know. It's a difference. It's There's a difference, a difference because... Whatever um, it is with homes, I think you can make the time yeah. to understand someone who has a different point of view as yeah. you. Yes. But there are those people that still want to win. And there are those who want to win with me. Yeah. There are those who sit down, who I can sit with and have long conversations, and if we get down to the real basis of their opinions, they prefer America not have me in it. For a variety of reasons. They, it comes down to it. I'm like, well, well it's better before, better before, better before. Well, Somalis are this. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go back to when you were happy was when you were 1960 living in a neighborhood where everyone was white. And they said, well, I didn't know. I didn't, there were differences. I wasn't afraid. I'm like, but that doesn't exist anymore. That and you don't exist. have to be afraid because no. of how we look. I'm or the how least we threatening live. person in the world. My God, I, I can't even imagine being threatened by me. I don't know. I felt pretty threatened when you were acing this test. Uh, well, I, that was you because you set up an agenda <laughs> that I did not win. <laughs> Back in just a minute. <laughs> Matt, where are you from? Flarmon, Texas. Okay. Thanks for coming today. Thank uh, you. you want to take us out with a, a prayer? Yes, I will. Okay. Dear Lord, uh, just think for this time we could all get together and just think for the people in this movement and our faith, Lord, that uh, binds us in our principles and just help us enjoy our time here with Glenn in this Christmas season. In your name, amen. 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 From Dallas, good night, America.
Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 